passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. But you say, you say I should be happy because I have your respect. I have your respect. Welcome Survivor Series. Rhonda, you're going to find out that it's not your respect that I'm coming after. It's your arm. And I don't care if you're the baddest on the planet because I'm going to make you mine. As if they don't have too much on their plates The Kings of Combat Sports Podcast, John and Wade They'll talk about the things they did that day They'll analyze the work of Vince and Triple H Rwanda Smackdown Rwanda Smackdown Rwanda Smackdown Rwanda Smackdown Hello and welcome to Rewind to Smackdown. I am John Pollock, alongside Waiting. Welcome to the show. How exciting it is. How are you, Way? Doing well. Doing pretty well. That's great to hear. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I have, um, I'm on like my third cup of coffee today, which is very unusual for me, but I think um, today, today I need it because this is uh, only our, well, first of two shows this evening. That is true. I would love to say, wow, three coffees. I had today one, two, three as well. But they were varying sizes. They weren't all large. Yeah, I'm sure, you know, in a, in a typical day, that's not even that bad. Um, but I'm somebody- I've given up on coffee studies. Of For everyone that says coffee's bad for you, there's one that says it's good for you. So I take that as a push and... I'll just I'll just let fate play itself out for me. I think in the end that's you know that's probably the best uh, tactic to to go with for many of these things. I think it's it's important to be somewhat aware of of I think what what uh what is killing you and what's not killing you but not to, you know, care that much. You know, as I'm still unpacking and way you've seen my uh the post office here, post office west. It's amazing some of the things that I've been discovering that have been in storage for years and years. Do you want to hear the weirdest thing I have discovered? Actually, my wife found this. I'd love to, yes. What? A very limited edition. WWF Wrestling Superstars Gel Shampoo from the 80s. It is a bottle of shampoo. In this bottle. I don't even know how I got this because this came out before I even watched wrestling. I don't know if maybe I got it as a gift along the way and I just had it in my basement forever, but what, it was discovered. Describe the, the way this looks. What, what, what's on the cover or the front of it, I mean. It's, it's a generic white bottle with WWF, uh, a WWF logo on it and some uh, red font. I will send this out on our post-wrestling Instagram. 
Yes, please. Uh, Post wrestling or... official. Okay, I'm sure That's this called is marketing. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure this uh, at some. Please don't open it. I'm sure somebody out there will oh, pay a lot of money. Wait, if this. I open this, I feel like a haunted something will come out of it and possess my soul. I'm not going to touch this thing. I'm going to give it to Braden and say I just bought it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, sure. does, he doesn't listen to this show. See, I wouldn't give this to Davey because Davey would hear this. The thing is, Braden. Bra- Braden's bald anyway, so I don't know how much use he'd get out of it. Uh, beard. <laughs> his beard. Very true. Yeah, yeah, very true. It's a lookout, Braden. <laughs> Merry Christmas. So, Way, uh, funniest thing happened to me today. I was walking to work, and I went to go get a coffee at Tim Hortons, and the person behind the uh, the cash register said, Hey, I heard about store.postwrestling.com. I said, hey, how did you hear about store.postwrestling.com? And they said, well, I was listening to your podcast about store.postwrestling.com launching. So I said, thank you. Thank you for your support of store.postwrestling.com. It is now open. And then as I went to leave, another gentleman ran in and said, hey, it's the guy with Way who runs store.postwrestling.com. That's incredible. Wow. Yeah, amazing. amazing. Store.postwrestling.com. Yeah, wow. Two whole uh, uh, random acts of uh, mentions of store.postwrestling.com in one day. Wow. Fascinating. Yeah. Well, left uh, car zoomed by. You wouldn't imagine what his license plate said. Store.postwrestling.com. Yeah. Nailed it. Yeah. 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 Crazy day of coincidences. Our new merchandise store. uh, Yeah. Go check it out. T-shirts. Wait, we got to hang out tonight, kind of. Yes, yes, of course. Yes, you and I. Uh, well, I mean, I don't know if we really hung out, hung out. I more so watched you from a distance. No, you you and I, we, we got there. We, we hung out for a bit, for about a half hour. I was invited to be part of this podcast panel for this uh, uh, series of talks that they have in Toronto called uh, Content Talks. And I was on a panel with uh, three other podcasters, and I was representing the pro wrestling mma space so it was a lot of fun yeah the pro pro wrestling mma podcast space and uh, you did a great job john i thought i found it actually a really interesting um discussion where you know uh people that also podcast but in completely different realms gathered to kind of share you know their tips and, and tricks and their stories of how they their podcast came to be um it's always interesting, I think, going into a room of non-wrestling fans because I loved it. To be honest, I thought it was great. It was I, like we're we're like the. I, I'm sure people are just like, "What? Yeah, what do you do?" I mean, I met I met one person there who like was really intrigued that I mean, uh, I did podcasts not not just about anything, but about pro wrestling, and the response was, "Wow, okay, yeah." I mean, that uh, it was something I. I, 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 I didn't consider it was still around. I always thought of it more as a retro thing. I'm like, no, yeah, po- wrestling is actually still pretty popular. And then he he proceeds to um, ask me if I know this Anthony such and such. And I'm like, no, like I've not heard that name. Is he like a former wrestler or something? And the man <laughs> says, no, he's just another guy I know who really likes wrestling. <laughs> So, oh, I, have, I haven't seen him at the meeting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess I guess the idea is, is that, you know, wrestling is certainly, I guess I would say, somewhat more niche than I suppose maybe in the late 90s, although maybe not. But I don't think it's quite that niche that I would know every single wrestling fan that's out there. 
he'd be blown away if he turned on the TV. Saw a crowd at the at an event. Yeah. Maybe they're all named Anthony. Perhaps. Perhaps it's a big group of Anthony's. Well, Way was a was on top of things. He recorded this. We did an hour-long panel discussion, and we're going to be putting that audio up later this week for members of the post-wrestling cafe. So we'll dangle that one in front of you if you want to hear me chatting with uh, some other podcasters. Uh, some very interesting stuff. There was uh, one guy who runs uh, a podcast with uh, with TIFF, the Toronto International Film Festival. There was another who's the uh, – he is the sound – audio engineer for Jennifer Kiesmatt's podcast. She was a mayoral candidate just a couple of weeks ago. He so. produces the, the, the podcast, and he also makes original music for it. It, it was really interesting to mm-hmm. kind of hear, like, other podcasts. Because, like, our podcast is very much just, like, news, strictly news. People, A lot of people seem surprised that, oh, my God, you're going to record a show tonight? You guys, what, like, do three, four shows a week? Meanwhile, like, I think most often you'll find podcasters that do maybe, like, weekly shows. And a lot goes into those weekly shows. Like in particular, this this gentleman with this Jennifer Kiesmatt show, he says like it takes him like three weeks to do one podcast because he creates original music for the entire show. He essentially scores these things. So, um, but I guess it just kind of shows you like how how if how- if you want to do that way, we could put out the the SmackDown review next month. Could you imagine a dramatic? <laughs> Yeah. Like composed rewind to SmackDown. That's right. Okay. Well, maybe. Um. Yeah. Maybe people can if they choose to wait that long. Sure. Anyway, I had a great time doing this. Uh, when I was invited, I was like, I would go watch this. I, I love chatting about uh, podcasting, especially in the past year, where I think you and I have a. Uh, so much hands-on with all of this stuff. So it was a lot of fun, and you can hear the conversation uh, later this week. We will throw that up on the post-wrestling cafe. Yeah, sounds good. Including a waiting shout-out. Well, thanks Right at the that. beginning. Thank you. Well, let's uh, chat about some news. Uh, this came out uh, later on Tuesday. Uh, I've actually just written a story about it, so I'll have that up on the site uh, probably by the time you hear this. But Jose Lothario has passed away at the age of 83. Uh, very popular babyface like a territorial babyface throughout the 60s and 70s that spent time in florida spent time in san francisco where even won a version of their tag titles with pepper gomez who was the major area legend in san francisco uh but his real fame came in texas at least for his in-ring career where uh he just won numerous titles in in texas the Brass Knuckles Championship, uh, had many, many tag partners that he won uh, versions of uh, Texas-based tag titles with, was a world-class TV champion. Uh, But obviously, it's the run uh, that modern fans are going to associate him with from 96, early 97, with Shawn Michaels, who he legitimately helped train. And, uh, you know, it wasn't just a it was a it was a random pairing if you were just watching WWF at the time. Like, they were very much an odd couple. And I think the idea was to kind of make Sean less arrogant and have more of a kind of human side. Like mm-hmm. this, uh, I, I don't even know what the, uh, the comparison. I was going to say, like, Rocky and Mickey. But that wouldn't be the uh, perfect analogy for the two. More but, like the Karate know, Kid. Sure. there There's maybe a better one. And... You know, he was brought in when Sean was going for the title against Brett at WrestleMania 12. And then he stuck around for pretty much the whole year. He did uh, angles with Jim Cornette. He 
was heavily involved in the finish of the Survivor Series when Michaels dropped the title. And I, I recall us reviewing this not all that long ago. We just did the Survivor Series 96, didn't we? I, dude, I, I watch these shows and I forget <laughs> about them right away. But like, I'm pretty sure, sure we, we've done this we, recently. We've definitely but, done a, a, re, a recent show involving Jose Lothario because um, I think, um, obviously, like, I, I think you and I were probably too young to ever watch this man wrestle, but um, I still really get a kick. Like, uh, even, even the 96 run the, that he had with Sean, I mean, I think, um, I thought he definitely played, played like a role that, that helped Shawn Michaels, but, um, I have to say it was, it's always kind of weird to see him walk out to sexy boy. Um, I think a very, a very funny image. Um, but, uh, well, he was the one at, at WrestleMania 12. He comes out alone to sexy boy to announce Sean descending from the rafters. Yeah. Like he's right. in the middle of the ring calling for Sean. So you get the, the full Jose sexy boy uh, entrance. But then at the Survivor Series, what they did is Sid nails Jose Lothario and he starts grabbing his chest and the announcers are playing it up that he might be having a heart attack. So Sean goes to check on him and that allows Sid to attack Sean with the camera and then win the title. And the idea was Sean going for his title at the Alamo Dome in San Antonio in January where he wins the title back. And that's when they introduced uh, his son, Pete. Pete Lothario got involved in an angle. Sid attacked him as well. And then Sean wins the title back. And I guess it was like shortly after that that they kind of phased out Lothario uh, and Sean was just on his own. That was, you know, of course, the the title, his second title reign, it would end with the uh, losing his smile speech. Yeah. My impressions of, of Jose Lothario are, are pretty much of him as, you know, uh, as a 60-something-year-old man. But now I'm Google imaging, uh, image searching this dude right now. And as a young man, the the dude was quite strapping. So uh, he definitely looked the part of a top wrestler. And despite, you know, his heyday being so many decades ago, there is a lot of his stuff that was taped that you can find on YouTube that I was just looking up. So if you want to check out any of that, um, you know, just he was a really pop. He was never like the top, top guy um, where he was wrestling, whether it's Texas, Florida. But he was always like a solid upper upper mid-card babyface that definitely was very popular. So, uh, yeah, we'll have a story up on that uh, on the website. But that was unfortunate news, Mm -hmm. but, you know, 83 years of age. Uh, Triple H underwent surgery. He posted a photo uh, afterwards on his uh, right pectoral. The WWE website simply stated that he underwent successful surgery Tuesday, November 6th to repair a torn pectoral muscle suffered during DX's match against the Brothers of Destruction. Triple H will now undergo intensive rehabilitation and his timetable for full recovery is currently undetermined. All right. Well, I mean, uh, all the best to his recovery. It seems like a full tear, which if that is the case, that would probably rule out WrestleMania. So if that is the case way, mm-hmm. if Batista had agreed to do WrestleMania, what would you do with Batista if Hunter is no longer an option? Which, that was Batista's dream, well, rematch to do. He really wanted that match with Hunter. I feel like an obvious choice would be Randy, you know, just kind of given the history together. Um, but, you know, the last time Batista came back, I mean, he, he was involved in a WrestleMania main event with Randy, and I almost feel like it's almost kind of treading the same territory. Um Batista, hmm, let's think about it. 
who's available. Is there anyone else on the roster that maybe the storyline isn't there at the moment, but would be yeah. maybe that would if you were to take the title off of Brock, that could be his match. Oh, okay. Brock versus Batista. Um, how? Yeah, do the, you tr- the do you, OVW connection. Do you trust that match though? Because I I feel like um you know it could be good certainly, but I think like. The reason, like him being in there with Triple H, I feel like is at least a bit of a um, safety net, uh, at least from their perspective, because, you know, you have somebody who's a veteran and then you have a part-timer who hasn't really been wrestling actively, who hasn't had a match in like four years. Um, How about this? Okay, this this uh, option. Would you have more faith in Batista and Hunter going 22 minutes, which I think would be the minimum Hunter's going to go at WrestleMania, or faith in Batista Lesnar going six. Hmm. Okay. I think I would lean Lesnar Batista six minutes versus Hunter and Batista in 2019 going 20 plus. But I'm also not sure like, cause if you're going to do six minutes with Lesnar, there are pretty, they're going to be a pretty physical six minutes. And I, I, I don't know if like Batista, the movie star should be doing that. Yeah. It, it will, it should be wrestling that type of style or is willing to wrestle that type of style. Um, you know, I could see like maybe the, the Miz connection with, with the movie star versus the wannabe movie star. Um, I think no matter what, it'll have to be a heel, you know, it's actually a great point of how Batista's even being like, if he's doing a match at WrestleMania, how he is being cleared to do this, given his commitments. No, he's a man who seems, seems to want to do what he wants to do and speaks what he wants to speak. So by that point, I imagine his uh, Marvel commitments might be over. Uh, the Guardians isn't shooting for a while, so uh, I'm not sure what else he's got going on. Uh, some other notes here. Uh, Tetsuya Naito spoke to Tokyo Sports, and he revealed that shortly after his match with uh, Chris Jericho at Dominion this past June in Osaka, he was offered a deal by the WWE, which he turned down, stating that he is already in the best company in the world in New Japan Pro Wrestling. How interesting. How interesting. Hmm. Well, first of all, um, you believe it. Do you believe it? Uh, I can see that. Yeah, I, I can. I can. I can believe that WWE made, sent out feelers. I have a hard time imagining they offered him a deal. Right. If he's under contract in New Japan. I don't think they would be going to that length. I think that it could have been feelers were sent his way because... You're not getting to the process, I would think, of making a formal offer to a guy that's under contract somewhere else. I mean, if if it's true, I think what it says is that, I mean, clearly all these guys are on their radar. And I think it begs the question, who else in New Japan has received offers over the past year from the WWE? I mean, they've expressed interest in years past in Okada. Mm-hmm. Okada's just wanted to stay. Yeah, and he's been going to shows, Okada. Yeah, I'm. I am sure that... Okada is aware that if he ever wanted to make the jump, he would be he would be accepted e- easily. Mm, right. Yeah. Um. You know, Naito in WWE. I, I wonder how that would have turned out. At this point, I don't necessarily see it, especially in light of comments like that. But you know, you never say never. Um. I think it's fun to fantasy book though. Like, how would you have positioned a Naito in WWE? How would you have, um, you know, pushed him? Would you have started off him off in NXT? Um, what type would you retain the character? How do you push a man like that? Because we know his English is probably not even as good as, as uh, Nakamura's. I think, I, I think after Nakamura, I think that Naito would be 
a struggle. I, I think he, he would have a really hard time, especially on the main roster. It's not as easy of a translation, is it? Than even somebody like Nakamura, who whose physical charisma I think really stands out. I mean, I, I mean, I, both both are super charismatic, but yeah. that has not been enough for Nakamura to overcome. Right. I I feel like with somebody like Naito, they'd probably even be more willing to give the man an actual manager. Um, Mike. Anyway, it's all speculative and, and all fantasy booking at this point. But I think that's what I would do, considering the man might not be able to cut an English promo. Um, that that's up to, I think the standard that's required right now. And I think the guy would be an excellent heel. Uh, and so I feel like you could put, pair him with a, a, somebody like a Paul Heyman or whoever, you know, maybe not Leo Rush. I wonder how that would turn out. So, uh, last thing here, Conor McGregor, it took him less than 24 hours to get involved in the Floyd Mayweather Jr. Ryzen story. Uh, he posted on, on Instagram, uh, regarding the, the photo that Floyd took with attention Nasakawa. Is that a tracksuit or a sauna suit, Floyd? Ha ha ha. What the fuck? Is it hot in Tokyo? Or what's the story here? That climate change is no joke. Fuck me. Ha ha. What in the fuck is going on here? Who's this little prick next to you? That's mad shit. Like something out of Rush Hour 5 or something. Chris Tucker and Jackie fucking Chan back in this bitch. Fucking brilliant. Mad little bastard you are, Floyd. Fair fucks to you, mate. No lie. Fuck it. And Tenshin Nakasawa responded. Really? Hello, hello, Mr. McGregor. My name is Tenshin Nasokawa. I am not Jackie Chan. I promise to avenge your loss, so please watch my fight. Wow, good for Dude, him. Dude, this, this guy is great. That's this great. This 20-year-old. What a great response to this. That is a this, guy, this guy's going to, if this fight goes down, he's going to come out of it a star. I really do. And then he's got a second match lined up for him. I love this. Conor McGregor versus like, Tenshin. Man, this was great. <laughs> yeah, that's some pretty good uh, uh, online back and forth. Yeah, good good for him. I think that there's very little to lose for Tenshin Nasakawa. Probably, like nothing. No, Let's be never. honest. Most people had never heard of this guy before. Unless you were an ardent Ryzen fan or a kickboxing fan, you had probably never heard of him before. And... I think yeah. that this deal makes no sense financially. Uh, but for him, I mean, he might come out of this with a ton of uh, celebrity at the end of it, which is great for him. He's I, 20 years old. This I could think be a great career launcher for him. I think much of that depends on how how vocal he is in terms of a personality. You know, I think much of the the, the benefit you get from facing a, somebody like a Floyd Mayweather is, is a war of words. And obviously that's going to be tough to do. I don't know how good his English is, but... Uh, seemingly, he's he has no problem, you know, talking smack in in his own way uh, via Instagram. So I feel like if there are ways that he can rise and can help him get his personality out there, so that he could rile up an actual rivalry between him and Floyd, rather than just this just being some type of kind of freak show, you know, uh, sport versus sport type of attraction, that would be uh, the the way he would probably benefit most from this match. You know what they should do? Win or lose, he should be a a guest at Wrestle Kingdom. They should invite him and introduce him to the crowd. Okay. Be like well, f- five days after the fight. Because he's gonna I think he's gonna be a big celebrity after this. Okay. Yeah, they could do that. Um He probably won't wrestle though. No, I'm not saying he wrestle. Just be a guest there. 
Okay. Yeah. Open the door. All right. All of the news up at postwrestling.com. You can go check that out now. And let's get into SmackDown, their second straight night at the Manchester Arena. And did you see any photos, Way, ahead of time? I was sent a couple, yeah. Uh, Like, almost felt like half the bottom deck was... People uh, were suggesting less than... Apparently, there were 10,000 there on Monday night for Raw. And there were estimates that there were less than five for the second night. And, like, usually you'll see, like, the upper deck tarped off. That's not out of the ordinary. They had, like, lower decks... Uh, tarped off it usually looked, usually it's the hard camera side like a good chunk of the hard camera side just you know to whatever to facilitate equipment and whatnot but this was like almost it felt like half of the lower deck yeah and the fact that this was in manchester where they don't come all that often you know i, I think it has to be i'm not gonna say concerning but disappointing to say the least that they draw so little uh for a for a television taping well what do you attribute that to if you had to pick some reasons i feel at the moment that the wwe i i think ultimately attendance is star driven and i don't know if people really sense that there are what they feel are a lot of big stars at the moment particularly on smackdown but you could extend that to raw at the moment hey, but you have daniel bryan you know you have ronda on raw I, I think for, I think in Daniel Bryan, I think that kind of illustrates the point of what they have. Remember that the last European tour happened just a few weeks after WrestleMania. So Bryan was fresh. He was hot. And just the idea of getting to see Bryan was a big deal. I think they've exhausted that in record time. I don't know if Bryan is uh, attracting anybody. Hmm. Hmm. I, I think they've really diminished Daniel Bryan um, in these months. I think it's one of the biggest letdowns of the year that this guy coming back uh, has been marginalized significantly. And for whatever reason, there is a lack of interest in WWE live events. And that was played out in these in this last quarter where they were down to an average of 4,500 people per show. And for the first time, I believe it was in 13 years, they lost money running live events. Right. So mm. it's not just an isolated incident. It is something they are aware of. And Vince McMahon has stated, we know what the problem is regarding house shows, and we know how to fix it. Oh, I'd love to know what the solution is. What's he thinking? People want to see Bobby Lashley's ass. <laughs> He's going to pose more. Hey, here on the topic of crowds and, uh, I guess, uh, company involvement, have you been noticing the phenomenon of the uh, We Want Women's Tag Team Championship signs that have been uh, passed out throughout the crowd? I didn't notice them as much this week as I did last week. Were they no. present this week? I don't know if I noticed it this week either, but uh, in previous weeks. Um, yes. And I think it's it's been said that they these have been handed out deliberately from the WWE to the audience. Well, then that would indicate where they're going. I mean, I I assumed at some point they were going to be introduced. I don't know if I'm crazy about two sets of tag titles. I don't know if I'm crazy about two sets of any titles at the moment. There are a lot of titles. Um, I think, you know, they're going to have to really kind of uh, ramp up development of, of the rest of this women's roster uh, on both brands in order to kind of get, you know. The thing is, could it be any worse than your Raw or raw tag team division? Well, I just look at, you don't even have enough time to feature your men's tag team. So now we're going to be able to carve out time for a women's tag division, especially mm-hmm. on SmackDown. Yeah. Like, sanity. How many people tonight watched and probably didn't even remember that they were on the main roster? That entrance music hit, and I was like, who's this? 
Is the Rock back? <laughs> the Rock had it for a time he had that entrance anyway. Yeah, I've completely forgot about them. Paige came out to start the show and she yelled, England! Is that the only country where you can get away doing that? Like, you couldn't just come out at the Scotiabank Arena and yell, Canada! United States of America! Somebody would do that, but nobody from Canada would actually do that. Yeah, it's kind of hard to really rally behind a, such a, a vague description. Saudi Europe. Arabia! Uh, yeah, no one said that on Friday. Or on Monday, or on Tuesday. And I was I was very intent after you pointed this out. I did not hear Crown Jewel once on this show. Did you? I did not, no. I don't even know if I... Yeah, they did recaps, yes. They no. did do recaps, but yeah. there was no uh, recognition of what this event was, nor where it was from. It was just this uh, mysterious event in the WWE's history. Yeah, they she, don't even want to call attention to like the fake name that they've decided to call it. It's just... It's so interesting that they're going to such lengths to make us forget about this 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 event when we know they have to go back they have to go back probably within half a year so how are they going to treat the next show maybe they'll they'll announce it in morse code or something yes secret show somewhere they they won't speak it there'll be a code to to abide by she introduces the commissioner and the best in the world shane mcmahon who was booed out of this place shane came out Apparently in the uh, in the arena when this was uh, being taped, there were enormous CM Punk chants during this segment. Interesting. I mean, they kind of asked for it, right? By naming oh, the, the th- this was in the world. Yeah, you're really begging for it. Like I these think. these punk chants, pretty much kind of died out on their own. But I mean, this tournament has kind of brought them back in a bit, in a way. Yeah, as uh, they were chanting CM Punk, Shane noted, uh, "If you want CM Punk." You've got to listen to Rewind Away this Friday for Payback 2013 as John and Way will be reviewing Punk's, I guess, final return in 2013. Right, yeah. Very nice. Nicely done, John. Yep. Shane's words, not mine. They recap the World Cup tournament with a a video uh, recap. One thing I took away from this recap was Miz jumping off the apron and how much he intentionally rolled his right ankle like he bent his foot forward and oh man i wouldn't be that committed to the craft well i guess i guess he's a bit of an uh he should be commended for that he's a real actor committed himself to the to the art huge booze as page again calls shane the best in the world they did a photo op with the trophy shane says i do not think i am the best in the world this trophy belongs to everyone in that locker room. I just acted on instinct, and I could not fathom SmackDown not being the superior brand. And I guess Shane took a look at this audience and maybe came to terms with that. Then the music starts playing. I thought this was a I thought they were cutting him off or something, but it was to promote the Survivor series. And we had the rundown of the matches, including the addition of AOP versus the bar. And then just for you, Way, Shane says, the worst thing in the world. What could be the worst thing in the world? There's a lot of bad things going on presently. What is the worst thing in the world, Shane? It would be Stephanie and Raw claiming bragging rights for the next year. Yeah, Way, definitely. if you told me 
that my life depended on it. I could not tell you which brand won the elimination matches last year. I could not tell you that. God, um, it was SmackDown, right? You know what? Kurt said on Raw that he led his team to victory, and that is the only way I would know that Raw won last year, the men's. Uh, oh. Women's, I'm out. I have no idea. Well, I know one of them won the, the, the more amount of matches, and the other won the actual match that mattered. So, I don't know. And what a year it's been for that brand. The bragging rights that have just been constant. Yeah. So Shane announces that the team captain for SmackDown for the men's team is Daniel Bryan. So Bryan is out. Then Miz comes out limping, and he complains about not being named the captain. And he says, technically, he owns two-thirds of the trophy because he is the two-thirds best in the world, which I think is a tagline he's going to take from now on, which I think is kind of funny. Yeah, why not? Sure. I I mean, I thought Miz was really... Interesting here, because I think your typical uh, expectation of The Miz is to come out and be really angry. Instead, he was almost kind of like embracing it in a very joking manner. And that kind of indicated to me just a bit of a change overall in The Miz's uh, characterization on this episode. He is kind of going from a a bit of, you know, straight up heel to somebody who I think is more of a lovable uh, jerk. He then went on to say that him and Shane are co-besties, and he suggests a custody schedule with the trophy. Shane says he saved Miz's job because Miz would have had to forfeit and then lose the match. Shane would have been a real asshole. This guy shatters his ankle, and then you're going to fire him. Miz says that it's the first time he was too injured to compete, unlike Daniel Bryan. So he wants to be captain. Shane makes them co-captains. Were we once ex- uh, told on Raw or SmackDown this week, what comes with being the captain? What does that mean? You get to pick the team. And you get to lead, um, you know, um, you get to uh, lead, uh, lead uh, training sessions. When are they going to train? They're on tour all week, and then they got to go home for the final week, and then it's the Survivor Series. There's no time to train. Yeah, I don't know. This is like uh, Derek Lewis getting ready for Daniel Cormier. This is not enough time. Well, is that the end of the recap? That was it. That was the second. Yeah. What I kind of got from it was, uh, you know, you had mentioned to me that, like, felt like Shane might be gearing up. And actually, Dave Meltzer reported as well that, like, what their plans are are, are, are for Shane to turn heel uh, I felt like they didn't reveal that at all here, and instead, like it felt like he the, he was being continued to pl- uh, you know play up a, almost a humble babyface Shane, like somebody who um, didn't want to win the best in the world tournament, but had to because you know he just wanted to do it for SmackDown. He don't call me the best in the in the world. I don't deserve it. Everybody else deserves it. So. Um, it could be them either delaying that or just maybe saving that for. Uh, something something down the line or or something else. Who knows? Well, they have some angle planned for Monday with Stephanie, specifically gotcha. dealing with Shane. So uh, it could be, like, I would not turn him immediately. I would make it a more prolonged turn. I, I prefer Shane as a babyface. Yes, I do too. I'm well, not we'll looking forward to the heel GM role again. Yeah. 
So Brian and Miz were arguing backstage after the break. Miz is questioning Shane's decision. And Shane explained that he wants them to be uncomfortable because they end up bringing out the best in each other. Miz says, you can count on me. And each of them have until the end of the show to pick their team. Miz's first pick is Shane. Of all the people, he's picking Shane. Shane declines, but Brian agrees. He wants Shane because no one has more on the line than Shane. Think about what could happen to Shane if they lose, Way. What? What? They didn't say anything. Oh, okay. Maybe he could. they should say he, he would lose the Fox deal if they lose. Wow. Um, so yeah. Shane agrees, and he uh, leapfrogs uh, the entire locker room to get on the team. Yeah, yeah. Again, like it was Shane here turning down the, you know, the the like or 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 saying, you know, stop joking around, like who, you know, pick somebody for real. Like again, I just I felt him be be very humble here to try to make you like him, I guess. Um again, I I was I really like the Miz here. I thought he's really kind of hit on this like good comedic tone that makes him entertaining to watch, especially when he's with Brian, who just kind of treats him like the annoying colleague. Kofi Kingston and Big E took on the Usos. We're also going to have a tag team Survivor Series match with five teams on each side. Yeah. So in other words, every team imaginable is going to get onto this show. Ten, ten men on each side. Yes, and this match was to determine who would be the captains. Yeah, it's going to be a crowded match. Are there any tag teams that will not be able to make the cut? Um, Do they have five teams on each show? I don't even know. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that's most of them. Kingston did a spot where he went to skin the cat, but Xavier started playing Francesca. So Kingston is like shaking around while holding the rope. And this distracts one of the Usos who takes a clothesline on the floor. Yeah, he's been doing that. Like the bouncing on the rope with his belly thing. Uh, the match picked up when Jay was tagged, and he went for a splash, landing on Biggie's knees, and then took the big ending, which Jimmy made the save. Uh, Biggie crashed to the floor off of a dive, and then he just gets right up and lifts Jimmy and runs him into the barricade, and then he himself is tossed into the timekeeper's area. Kofi climbed to the top and hit a trust fall onto both Usos. I guarantee he wouldn't be doing this to The Undertaker and Kane. No, yeah, I wouldn't trust that. Um, it looked great. Looked really good. It did look he, great. Kofi's like developed this kind of set of like really goofy looking, but like cool looking offense that I think fits in really well with with the New Day's comedy. Uh, Kingston got several near falls on Jay. They went through two commercials. Biggie speared Jay to the floor. I will say it looked among the safest. Biggie spears to the floor. He had a very safe landing. Might have been safe for Biggie, but I don't know if it was safe for Jay. Well, I, I, I mean, gasped, man. It was. It looked. Pretty, I was watching. I'm always watching Biggie in his neck, so I wasn't even paying attention to the target. Uh, then Jimmy's hit with the Trouble in Paradise on the apron, cradles him for a two count, and then Jimmy blocks a Hurricane Rana off the top by Kofi, power bombing Kofi, and Jimmy follows with a top rope splash to win the match. I, I thought another really good match between these two teams. I like this a lot. This was this was better than anything on Raw. I thought this match was awesome. I mean, I, I thought I, I was a little bit surprised by the result, considering how the Usos have taken such a back seat in the division as of late. But I mean, with with the the defeats of, of Brian and AJ, uh, that really didn't get that much, you know, focus. Um, but they did win, and I think giving being be, naming them the captains of this team here 
it seems like it might be the beginning of, of another deliberate push, which I'm happy about. I think they're still the best tag team in the WWE, and um, they've really been criminally underused this year. People should be going to jail for their use this year, or lack thereof. <laughs> the Usos put over the New Day, said, we've been through hell with you. There's no tag division without both of us. And they shake hands and invite New Day to be on the team. Which I guess only means two of them. Do they get to pick who's on? Yeah, they do. Oh, you mean, well... Like, uh, of the three, they can only have two. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So the Usos get to choose that, is what I'm asking. Or does New Day get to choose which I feel like that might be a New Day choice, like it's always been. So we have three more teams to uh, to find slash choose for this match. The Miz was on the phone. He promoted that next week, the Marine Six Close Quarters is coming out. Excited? Yeah. Can't wait. The sixth installment of the Marine. He asks what talk shows he's been booked on. The fact that they still continue to make them suggests that somebody out there is watching all of these movies. So, I don't know. I guess I'm happy. Like, they they haven't made, uh, you know, See No Evil 6. They haven't made The Chaperone 6. They haven't even made Legendary 6. But the Marine has gone up to six editions. So somebody out there really likes these movies. Or a lot of people might really like these movies. I'm looking forward to seeing Shawn Michaels in this movie. With hair. With hair, yes. Rest in peace. Um, He asks about all the different late night hosts that he names if they are going to have him on the show next week to promote the movie. And he responds, what? They all want Becky Lynch. And Brian walks in stating, what's going on? And he said, celebrity stuff. Something you wouldn't understand. And I thought the delivery was very good by Miz here. I thought Miz was hilarious, like, all episode. You know, he's really, I think, a lot of fun. Like, I think, um, like, on TV, you know, in, in, in previous incarnations, he's been either annoying or, like, maybe gotten into, like, angry promo mode, which I think in its own way is, is obviously very entertaining. But here, I found him legitimately funny in the way that I hadn't seen him on TV um, other than, like, on Up, Up, Down, Down. If you've ever seen, like, The Miz on Up, Up, Down, Down... He is hilarious. Like, he is a guy who, like, kind of sucks at video games, but he's, like, your older brother who just, like, keeps complaining about everything. He'll, like, complain about, like, broken joysticks or, like, uh, like uh, this this button doesn't work, and then he'll talk shit. Like, he is the most fun to watch on that en- uh, entire show that you, you know, you hate him, but you also love watching him because he's so mu- so funny. And I feel like he's kind of gotten into a bit of that tone with, with this kind of team captain character. Brian announces his pick is Rey Mysterio. Miz says, well, he's done nothing since he's come back. Brian lists all of Rey's wins over Nakamura, Orton, and even Miz. So Miz agrees that if Rey impresses him tonight against Andrade Cien Almas, he will allow Rey onto the team. And then Brian suggests for their final pick, each selects one person, and they'll have a match to determine the final participant. And Miz says, I like this idea. This is weird. And this was when we got like these like romantic overtones between these two. It was like this couple that was like it was like the two combative forces that were now starting to fall for one another. It was the two rivals. Yeah, it was the two rivals that are actually getting along. And to emphasize that, they decided to have them do awkward stares with one another. Um, 
I thought it was funny, man. I don't know how you felt about it. You're probably not as into it as I am, but I, I, to me, like I, I heard the crowd laugh. I thought it was cute. Yeah, it was okay. I didn't have a negative uh, response to their segments. Becky is in the back. She tears off one of Rhonda's shirts to reveal her own "I am the man" shirt. Yeah, do you I like hope the- I. I hope this is one of the cases where WWE is marketing this shirt and and Becky's not just uh, wearing this on her own because that will be a hot selling shirt. I'm positive. Like, I'm sure. I don't think they would show it in such a prominent way unless, I mean, it could be something that she made on her own. But even even so, I I think a decent Becky Lynch shirt with her catchphrase. This is a case where I feel like just having the catchphrase on the shirt is, is fine because I think it's such an emphatic statement. I love the catchphrase. I think it's like it's this says, will be a popular shirt. It says so much, but like in such few words, you know. Um I, I, I think it's great. It's like it, it looks like the Austin three sixteen shirt. I'm not saying that it will be. Okay, no shirt can be the Austin three sixteen shirt. But in terms of like simple design, like just words loud in front of a shirt, I think this is a catchphrase that's that's simple enough and I think it's good enough to have a placement on a shirt like that. Becky comes out, heroes welcome here in Manchester. They're still humming her theme after it ends. They're chanting for her. And Becky says about Rhonda, who the hell are you to tell the champ anything? This was very Connor-esque, her delivery. She says, Rhonda is not a champion. She hasn't been tested yet. Winning comes so easily for Rhonda that when she meets the man, Rhonda's titanium body will be let down by her weak mind. And Becky has been knocked down and tested daily, weekly, monthly, and she is the most relentless person Rhonda has ever met. And Rhonda mocked her road to get to where she's at. And she was not handpicked like Rhonda, but yet here she is. She was not meant to be the talk of the industry, but here she is. She is the only champ, and it isn't Rhonda's respect she's coming after at Survivor Series, it's her arm. And she doesn't care if Rhonda is the baddest bitch on the planet because she's going to make Rhonda hers. This was so great. I am telling you, Becky Lynch is perhaps the best thing that has fallen into the WWE's lap this year. If they screw this up, this will be so... I mean, they got I, Daniel, I, Bri- they got Dan- Daniel Bryan. Oh, I know. I don't doubt year. that in six months, this woman could be nothing. And that's what frightens me. I watched this promo, and it's like, this is the top star on SmackDown. I would be promoting this woman as my top star on SmackDown. She would be closing the shows. She would be the number one champion over AJ. I think she is the top person on this brand right now. I think she's maybe the most over person in the company at the moment. I'd promote her as the top star of the whole thing. Yeah. Above... Roman. I am so on board with your idea of closing Survivor Series with this match and making a statement that these women are the main event at Survivor Series. I don't. I. I I don't even think. Great move. I don't even think it was really my idea, but okay, thank you. I'm giving you all the credit. Didn't you suggest this yesterday? I think. I think some somebody might have. Whatever. Who cares? It's. It's. It's not hardly a genius idea. I think. I think it's. It's an obvious one, but um, I thought it was an excellent babyface promo from Becky I think and I think that's notable because I felt zero heel overtones here no cowardice at all it was just straight up like 
I'm fighting from the bottom here and I've achieved things. I was never handed a perfect position in my life in the company like you have. How dare you make fun of how hard I've worked in the past trying out various careers. You know, it, it felt like it felt like you could really get behind her. And ultimately, I've, as we'll see, I think in the match after this, um, you know, she's still like she's not a cookie cutter baby face or anything like that. She is somebody with an edge, but it's a promo like this that I think you can you can accept her either way. But most people are going to watch this and I think they're just going to like her even more. Just a great promo. What would you suggest they do next week? Do you do a, a segment in the ring together with Becky and Rhonda on Raw? That'd be great. Yeah, if they choose to kind of, you know, cross that barrier, they'll have to make an explanation. I, I, I think I think it almost calls for it. I think it'd be nice. Yeah, I, I think it could be a really strong segment. They're they're both doing great promos, building up this match. I, I think that, you know, some people are not crazy about this match happening. I think that's more so because I think they feel the outcome is it's not the time for Becky to be losing, and I understand that, but I can't question the buildup. I'm, I think they've really promoted this well, and both are both cut great promos this week. The promos have been good. I wasn't personally all that excited for it because I feel like there's a better match uh, with a better build in the future for these two. But you know what? I really can't complain about what they've done so far. She decides she wants a fight tonight and calls out anybody. So then the Rock's music played, and out came Sanity. And they pointed to the back, and Nikki Cross came out. Big pop for her. I guess this, we can call this her debut. She was there She was there on the stage, you remember, when they announced Evolution? So she's been seen on the main roster, but this was her debut. In-ring debut. Yeah, proper yeah. debut, I would say. She comes out, and if you haven't been watching NXT, I, I think that Nikki Cross, she's really got this character down throughout this whole Aleister Black uh, cliffhanger, where... She's been a pretty big part of the show. She's the one that knew the secret and has been playing the crazy. She's been playing it even more so, but I think really has the character down now. So they're calling her up at a time when I think she's very, very comfortable in this role now, as opposed to when she first started that. I just think she's had more seasoning now playing this this role. And it's a, she tough, gets, it's a tough character to play. And um, especially if like, you know, it's it doesn't come natural to you, which personally I still don't really feel like it comes natural to her. But like she's been doing it for so long that I feel like she she's developed enough of a of go tos, you know, to make it all work. Becky asks who she thinks she is. Cross says she's gonna play with her, and then keeps repeating, "Let's play, let's play." And Becky says, "The champ doesn't play; the champ fights." So we had a match between the two. Becky got trapped in the ring skirt and Cross was stomping away at her. Becky took over control with a rear chin lock and then Cross fired up with clotheslines, hit a bulldog, a high Nikki Cross for a two count, and then an inverted DDT for a two count. And it ended with Becky throwing her face first into the bottom rope. And then she bounced back and applied the disarmor and Nikki submitted at 537. Yeah. Yeah. Loses her debut. I mean, you know, it's, it's not uncommon to see NXT call-ups like lose their first match, you know, you think about like, uh, like your Sami Zayn's and, and whatnot. And in this case, I don't really think Nikki Cross loses anything. Like I, I wouldn't, she wouldn't be somebody that I would peg as you know a top-level contender anyway. I kind of see this call-up more as like, you know, she's moving from the mid card of NXT to moving to the mid card of SmackDown. Um, I think the idea was to show that 
she is at a, at a certain level because she was able to go 10 minutes with the champion, Becky Lynch. Uh, so, you know, I, I for me, I don't think she loses anything. I think it's a bit of a la- lateral move. Um, and, and overall, I think a decent introduction on SmackDown. If they have a plan for her, then you're right. If they don't, then it did her no favors. If she's just going to end up with sanity, that like it ultimately comes down to where she's going to be in four weeks. And if this was just let's get a pop tonight in Manchester and we don't really have much plan for her, then I don't know. It kind of just I, yeah. it, th- that kind of kills it alone. Like the loss alone is not it's not ideal, but it's not a killer either. So it'll play out in three or four weeks where we see where she's at. She this call up seems more to me like your Tyler Breeze type of call up that, you know, like, oh, she's been there for that long. Like she's got like we should probably let this woman make some real money. And and I think she's just there to fill a spot, if I have to be honest. Um, But not everybody can be a main eventer. Well, not everyone can be on TV on SmackDown. Yeah, true. Yeah, not everybody should. Miz is taking a selfie in the back and Brian photobombs him. Brian says he's chosen Jeff Hardy. And Miz selects Samoa Joe for the final spot and adds that Joe always comes through in the clutch. Yeah, it's a good line. Yeah, it was. Yes. (laughs) So that's our main event. We had a Shinsuke uh, Nakamura selfie promo because camera's not going to hold itself up. He said, poor Seth Rollins. His life is burning down. One best friend had to go away and another turned out to be a real lunatic. Do you, do you like how they've uh, they've uh, kind of brought it down in yeah. from leukemia to illness to he's gone away? Uh, yeah, I think it shows some some sensitivity. Sure. Some sensitivity yeah. was discovered. He can make Seth forget all his problems at Survivor Series when he gives him a special gift in Knock America, a knee to face. Been a, I feel like it's been a while since I've, I've heard a Nakamura promo, and I really haven't missed them. I don't think these are all that good. I think they're they're still quite incomprehensible to the untrained ear. Uh, at this point, I feel like I am trained in in Nakamurican, but um, I think to to your somebody just slipping through the channels watching this, they would have no idea what this man said. And I don't think there's a, there's any shame in subtitling any anybody. So I don't know. I'm not sure. It is tough. Uh, I would, if I'm Shinsuke Nakamura, when I get to Survivor Series next weekend in LA, I am going to Seth Rollins early in the afternoon. I am offering to do anything for this man and state, Seth, I really, really need this tonight. This match is very, very important for my career. Uh, like, Like he... Like, he's willing to have any, like, do any crazy... I, I think Shinsuke Nakamura has to have a blow-away match with Seth Rollins, with arguably the best guy on the roster. Yeah. It's his really, like, it, as far as, you know, having, like, his best match in, in the company, I think the AJ matches have been good, but I don't know if any of them have really been, like, amazing, like, that you would, you know, look back on and say, wow, like, that was an all-time great match. I'm not saying this might be either, but I I think he probably might even have a better chance with Rollins, who's as hot as ever, than he did with uh, AJ. Like, if this isn't great, I I don't know what's next for Nakamura. Uh, Like, I think they have to have an incredible 
15, 16 minutes. Uh, and I think they'll have the time to do it as well. On the main, I think Shinsuke really, really needs this. But on the main roster, I don't think them having a, a five-star classic would, like, ultimately wouldn't make or break, you know, his run right now as a U.S. champion. I think what it is, is it, it's more about, like, how Vince sees him. Like, does he see a character there? Does he see, like, you know, um, I don't know, interesting stories that you can make this guy participate in? I'm not sure. I'm not sure if him having an amazing match here would, would have any impact on that. Well, let me say this. Um, an average match, I think he's written off at that point. Possibly. Rey Mysterio, Andrade Cien Almas. Uh, Mysterio's God, got his... Dream, dream match. Yeah, and like, uh, if they definitely consi- an interesting pairing here. If they consider this special, this could have easily been saved for a pay-per-view. I would have said that, I think, about Almas versus Brian as well. But, I mean, Almas might not be getting onto pay-per-view for who knows how long. So, whatever. We got it here. Mysterio has his back uh, all taped up and almost landed a spinning elbow. For whatever reason, Zelina Vega was not there. That was interesting. Yeah, she wasn't. Hmm. Uh, yeah, almost was sent to the floor and AJ, uh, AJ Ray went for a seated senton and was caught and got driven into the barricade to set up the break. Uh, almost is in control, hit the running double knees, and then Mysterio hit this awesome spinning tilt whirl. Ray gets stopped on the top, goes for a sunset flip, but almost lands onto his feet. More double knees, gets a two count. Audience was really into this. He does the moonsault onto his feet and then the follow-up landing on Ray's knees. Almas is onto the rope. 619 is stopped with an elbow. And then uh, Ray does a head scissors to the floor and stayed on his shoulders after Almas landed on the floor. Yeah, he did this the same so thing. so cool. He did the same spot either, like, it was either an All Japan match, or, sorry, sorry, New Japan, um, uh, mm-hmm. like, maybe that four-way, or maybe it was... Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. The match at All In, I so, forget. But, yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to remember which one it was. You're right. He sends Almas off, his, from his shoulders, he sends Almas into the apron, and then he does the sliding splash and went for a Tornado DDT, which he didn't get all of, but it's still a cool that he mm-hmm. was trying this. Uh, it ended with a springboard Hurricane Rana that sent Almas for the 6-1 into the position for the 6-1-9. Hit it. Springboard splash for the win. I I really enjoyed this. This was a lot of fun. Typically, like, dream matches that, that take place on TV result in a bit of disappointment, either because, you know, styles, uh, are, you know, like the WWE style either getting in the way or maybe a lack of TV time getting in the way. There was no disappointment here for me. I thought this totally lived up to the billing I had in my head, and it it served to make me want to see a longer program between these two. I thought this was Ray's best match since his return. Uh, I mean, it's only been like two, three weeks, but this was the best match. And I'd agree. I, I I'm just completely impressed by how good he looks right now. We've seen kind of limited bursts of him, um, you know, elsewhere, but he's been having like actual singles matches uh, while in the WWE thus far. And he's looked awesome in all of them. Like, he's already, to me, like, top five in the company right now. Maybe even, you know, higher than that. And then Orton shows up and hits Ray with an RKO. And Mm -hmm. that was the end of the segment. So, Orton and Ray, they seem to be continuing in that direction beyond the unnamed event on Friday. Right, yeah. Um, Yeah, Orton, I guess, right now doesn't have a match, but I think we can maybe expect some, some involvement potentially from him. Yeah, Orton and Dean Ambrose are playing similar heels at the moment where they're involved with a feud. They just have no role at the Survivor Series. Right, yeah. 
So maybe they'll just hang out together in the back. Brian accuses Miz of sending Orton out there to sabotage his pick, and Miz denies this. He says Orton is just menacing glances and awkward silence, and he jokes about not even watching the match, and Brian is just throwing a fit, and Miz is like, I'm joking. And Miz accepts Ray onto the team and makes a joke about Brian being the bigger man. What I found kind of amusing about this one was that, like, they, you know, they, when they cut to Brian and Miz, they're watching Ray getting, like, knocked out from the RKO in the monitor. And, like, Ray just starts getting up, like, from this RKO. And he got up in a way that just, like, kind of felt like to me, like, not somebody who wasn't really selling the effects and was maybe more told, hey, uh, segment's out. <laughs> Get out. Uh, he just, like, very casually got up from this very devastating RKO. Um, I don't know. I found that a bit interesting. Then they had a shot of this Christmas lights display somewhere in Manchester. And Tom Phillips segue was, well, Christmas comes early with the Survivor Series. It's Christmas way in two weeks. Sure. Yeah. I'm gonna, We're getting I'm the Survivor Series. Yeah. A four hour present. Five, maybe. How long is this show? Oh, it's one of their crazy ones. Yeah. So it's it's going to be like five or six with the kickoff. All right, awesome. AJ is in the locker room. He defended his title in multiple continents over the last month, and his title reign started right here in Manchester. And his reward is another match with Brock Lesnar. Last year, he gave him everything he had, and Lesnar withstood everything. And most assume that it's going to be the same this year, but he's going to beat Brock this year. That's not a prediction. That's a spoiler. Good promo from AJ, I thought, with some very good intensity. I think the only thing it was missing was his hand uh, extending up to the camera to pretend that this was a selfie. Cause I didn't think yeah, it, ru- was... it ruined it for me, not having that hand up there. I mean, what is he, like 50? Come on. He's obviously not hip. Yeah, you just have the screen upside down for his promo. Yeah, no, portrait mode. Yeah. <laughs> Although, like, I mean, these days, you know, a lot of videos, portrait mode. I didn't see uh, the results, but I'm assuming AJ was on the other uh, house show during the day and wasn't at SmackDown on Tuesday. Oh, uh, you could be right. Maybe that's where Zelina was as well. Yeah, but I don't... Would Zelina... I guess she could have been in a match on the other show. I don't I don't know. I haven't seen the results yet, but maybe. He was not on the Mixed Match Challenge. This yes. Week, which I didn't watch, unfortunately. Sorry, everyone. Oh, wait. You just I, let everyone down. I got home late because of the it's talk. Okay. Paige is in the ring to introduce the women's team for the Survivor Series. And she brings them out. Carmella, Naomi, Sonya Deville, Asuka, and the final name, Charlotte Flair. But Charlotte does not come out. Instead, Mandy Rose comes out. She says, it's not the blonde you ordered, but this is an upgrade. Paige says, you are not taking Charlotte's spot. And Mandy asks, why did you choose Sonya over me? I eliminated Sonya in the Battle Royal, and then she proceeds to run down the other women. She calls Asuka yesterday's news. Carmella's dance breaks are like her title reigns, short and meaningless, and asks Naomi if anyone is still feeling the glow, like your husband, Jimmy. And Naomi strikes Mandy, knocking her down. They have to be separated. Rose and Sonya had a standoff, and then Mandy just left to the back. This is a big test for Mandy Rose here, getting a substantial speaking role on TV. Um, I thought she had some pretty good lines. I was a little confused by like what, what she meant with like Naomi's 
Is anyone still feeling the glow like your husband, Jimmy? Was that just like a dig at like, hey, is your husband still like you? Is that it? Yeah, I took it as a subtle sexual comment. Okay. Okay. That's, yeah. How about this one? It drove me nuts that Oscar just sat there. I was like, huh. Yeah, I don't know. But like that's a, it's a small thing, but that's a reason why the, so many of these baby faces, the audience doesn't get behind. Well, because it's like, how do you get behind a baby face? It just sits there like that. I, th- I think maybe it, it, what, what's happening is that maybe in your mind, you're still seeing this as NXT Asuka, who probably you know, would, would be scripted to respond to something like that. What we're seeing now instead is like a baby face that doesn't have any, Tajiri, uh, any pride to stand up for herself. She's kind of like Tajiri. Okay, she's not at Funaki level yet, but she's kind of at Tajiri level. You know, somebody who Tajiri you, would have missed her. Uh, I don't even know about that. But like Tajiri, I think it's somebody who is very cool. We like seeing him, you know, do his cool moves. But in the end, we'll get squashed by like you know your your Brock Lesnar's and and whatnot. Like he's just a mid Carter, and that's what this Asuka is—just a mid Carter, which is kind of you know unfortunate. Um, but I thought Mandy overall like performed well. Some of the lines. Like, the segment ended a bit awkward, don't you think? They're trying to establish, like, some type of thing between Mandy and Sonya now. Uh, some type of breakup. But then, I don't know. I just came out of it feeling like it wasn't completely cohesive. I feel they're going to do a match between them next week. And the winner gets on to the team. Right, right. They're going to race through this. Could be, yeah. And Charlotte, of course, didn't show up. No, maybe Charlotte was on that show as well. Yeah, they might have just had a deal with the you know splitting up the the talent that more were needed on the Raw show. Mm-hmm. Main event was Jeff Hardy and Samoa Joe with the Miz and Brian on commentary. Miz is still having trouble speaking from that kick to the throat he got from Jeff Hardy on Friday, and it really came through on uh, commentary. Miz says he chose Samoa Joe because I can't be the only submission expert on the team. I laughed out loud at that line. Hilarious. That was a really good line. His delivery was very good. Do you want to know a trivia question? This has to be the first time this has ever happened. Back-to-back main events on Raw and SmackDown featuring former TNA champions. Okay. Wow. Yeah. Everybody in the ring as a former TNA champion. Interesting. Drew McIntyre and Kurt Angle, and now Jeff Hardy and Samoa Joe. Kind of is quite amazing when you think about like how much of the 2018 WWE roster consists of Former TNA talent. Uh, there's a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe was in control. They went through the commercial break. Brian admitted he has not been as good as he'd like to be since coming back, but notes he is a better captain than Miz. And Miz says, I've led the Miz Taraj, I led Miz Dow, and I led Alex Riley. And mm-hmm. also brought up leading a Survivor Series team to victory. Miz has his Wikipedia down pat. Yeah, like, I wonder how much of this was pre-written and how much of this was off the top of his head. I thought it was really fast. Like, Brian criticized him for one thing, and this is like, example, example, example of of the people that I've led. And Brian was really quick to respond. He says, all you've done in those examples is to keep people underneath you. That's not leading. I thought this was like A-plus banter back and forth between these two on commentary. I think they're both incredibly quick and really great in their roles. So, I can't believe Mizdale and Alex Riley got mentioned. What a deep dive. (laughs) Yeah. Um... Hardy did a swanton landing on Joe's knees, and Joe quickly applied the coquina clutch, tapping out Jeff Hardy. Another babyface tapping out after uh, Daniel Bryan, Kurt Angle, and now Jeff Hardy. I guess this is the new thing. Babyface is tapping out. 
Maybe tap outs, like, you know, in, in their mind don't really, aren't really such a bad way to lose anymore. Like, we see tap outs all the time in MMA, and I would rather go the route of tap out than knockout. Like, God damn it, it's honorable. Yeah, it's I don't know like, if Vince McMahon would be the one that would be espousing the, uh, the legitimacy of tapping, not being a, a, a negative. But I'll say, like, Jeff, like, losing here, I don't think affected, didn't affect him at all. You know, it's just like it's he lost. He got caught. Brian then got into the face of or Joe got into Brian's face and he just holds his arms up right in front of him. And Brian nails him, throws him into the ring, applies the yes lock and Miz pulls him off. So he attacks the Miz and then Shane shows up from behind. Brian doesn't see him. So he throws him over thinking it's Joe and realizes it's Shane. And Brian leaves the ring frustrated to end the show. It was a beautiful throw, by the way, just like knee to the ground and just like it was it was excellent. So you can tell Brian's been practicing his his judo. Um, But, you know, it was interesting that like once Brian realized it was Shane, he didn't really show any remorse. Like his whole direction, I believe, in this final portion was to show anger like he like he had snapped. So uh, he was kind of beating everybody up. Well, maybe that's the feud we're going with, Brian and Shane. Could be, yeah. I think that's an inev- uh, inevitable match, right? If they are turning yeah. Shane heel, wouldn't that be a, a kind of the match you you ultimately end with, Brian and Shane? I at mean, Mania? I mean, they promoted that match for like four months, and then Brian was cleared, and they were best friends the next week. So it's uh, there is some history. Yeah, yeah. Overall, I really enjoyed this edition of SmackDown. You know, by the end of it, unlike on Raw, I thought we were uh, provided a whole lot more information on Survivor Series. We, we know both of the teams, men's and women's. Uh, I thought you saw some really good promos from some of the main players like Becky and AJ. The backstage stuff with Miz and Bryant, I actually found funny, like funnier than, you know, most WWE backstage segments have any right to be. I think the Miz is actually hilarious right now. And you got some great wrestling on this show. So I really enjoyed SmackDown. I thought this was a really good show on most weeks. Uh, I thought you got two really great matches with Bray and Almas, and I enjoyed New Day and Usos a lot. Uh, most weeks, I would probably say this was a 7 out of 10. After watching that Raw on Monday night, I give this an 85 out of 10. Wow. Is that the this, I enjoyed this so much more than Raw Monday night. I, I hated Raw on Monday. This was uh, so much of an easier show to watch. Yeah. And yeah, two really good matches, and yeah, this was a... Show breezed by, I felt. Mm-hmm. So How there do you, you think go. The board voted. Ooh, let's see. There may be more connected to reality than us. So let's see. On a scale of one to ten, I'm gonna go seven. I'm gonna go seven that they're gonna vote. I'm gonna go eight. Why not? Eight because Wait. Raw was so bad. Way the optimist. A seven point eight nine. Oh man. Oh, we're like uh, we're like Shane McMahon and the Miz. We're kind of like right in the middle, though we could round up to an eight. All right, let's uh, get some feedback. All right, from our, man, our one of the few that was live in the arena. Hi, guys, me again, reporting from the Manchester Arena. And I'm not avoiding this guy's name. I just don't know what it is. It's RKO. R- R- oh, my God. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> it's spelled A-R-C-A-I-O-H, RKO. That's clever. Uh, it's nice to be able to leave feedback, okay? Because uh, usually it's very, very late for him. I'm currently writing this as a distraction during the Buddy Murphy Mark Andrews match, as otherwise I might lose the will to live through, to to live before the show ends. Murphy has such uh, dynamism and charisma that as he entered, about ten percent of the remaining crowd cut their losses up and left. 
It's really disappointing that they chose to trot out this main event when they could have at least got a pop for hometown boy Jack Gallagher. I'm one of the few that misses when 205 Live was actually fun to watch and characters like Drew Gulak and I hate the fact that Triple H took over. It's become a cure for narcolepsy. The crowd, meanwhile... Okay, so so does this mean they did 205 after SmackDown? They must have, yeah. Hmm. Because they had the time to do it. Uh, the crowd, meanwhile, has focused all of their effort and energy over the last 30 minutes trying to get Nigel to wave at them, and he's only just acquiesced, getting the biggest pop of 205 Live. Mixed Match Challenge was fun and actually made me want to check out the show on a more regular basis. As an added bonus, my man, Lashley, was there, much to my girlfriend's ongoing chagrin. As for SmackDown, the crowd loved Joe, Becky, and Brian. Shane was booed out of the building, as was any mention, in video packages, of course, of Crown Jewel. The matches tonight seemed far better than Raw, and the backstage segments with The Miz and Brian had everyone in stitches. Having Nikki Cross on the show was also a welcome surprise, overall a better experience than last night, even if I did have to sit through Lucha House Party. Unfortunately for WWE's bottom dollar, it seems most people chose to check out Raw, as the building is only half full tonight. Right now, it's time for the dark match of Miz and Orton versus Brian and AJ. Look forward to your show as always. I tried to get a post-wrestling sign on TV. Fingers crossed I was successful. Oh, well, thank you very much, RKO. I didn't notice the sign, but um, thank you for, for doing that. really appreciate that. Yeah, and we, we always appreciate the, uh, the live notes. Chris from Australia says, I'm really enjoying this current incarnation of Becky, Becky Lynch and the fans loving everything she does. Also happy to, to see Nikki Cross still a part of Sanity. Would you say that Becky's character has received is received more by the fans as an anti-hero rather than a traditional heel like the WWE wants to present? Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yes, definitely. I also, any... also, I really enjoyed your Crown Jewel coverage and just want to say this may be the last time that, that I leave WWE feedback as my subscription expires this weekend and I can't justify renewing it. Oh, okay. Well, let's go to Brandon from New Jersey. Yes. My dearest constituents... Gentlemen, it's been a while since we spoke. Happy election night. If you're still in line to vote, please stay there. They will let you vote. Anywho, once again, SmackDown continues to be the A-show and Becky continues to shine. This run of hers has been tremendous and I don't understand why the WWE just sees her as a placeholder. She is so charismatic and can do so much. She has really made the title feel important and if it was me, I would give her the ball and let her run with it for a year and change. But alas, like the Democrats, we can't get what we want. Meanderings. Of a madman. Very happy that Sanity was unfrozen from the carbonite prison that they were in for a brief time. Why is Miz morphing into Alex Riley before our eyes? Ray still seems sluggish since his sojourn from the Bahamas. <laughs> Way why? That's it. Can't wait to share my pick for the $50 tier with you guys when I'm select. Oh my god, he made it up into the $50 tier? I guess so. Yeah. Oh my god, Brandon from New Jersey is coming. You've been warned. That'll be fun. I can't wait to talk to him in person. Oh, boy. It's a, it'll be a treat. Well, thank you, Brandon. Andrew from Cape Breton. Ronda Rousey, versus, Ronda Rousey versus Becky Lynch might be the best built match all year, despite only having a week. I hope they keep it j- to just them cutting promos on each other and don't touch until Survivor Series. Both are these shit-talking badasses who are going to clash, and it reminds me of a good build for a UFC fight, which sadly is something pro wrestling has forgotten about. The matches were good, but my biggest pet peeve is, why is it a big deal to fight to be the captain of a team? And lastly, I really hope AJ Styles wins at Survivor Series. It would make him and the title look so bad to lose two years in a row during the same title reign. Perception is reality sometimes, and the perception is AJ is lesser than, and him losing would only hammer the point home further 
7 out of 10. Brandon from Oshawa. Great show as usual from SmackDown. It's amazing to me how easy it is to watch the show while Raw just feels like a chore. I do think, however, it's a mistake that they are throwing Becky and Ronda onto Survivor Series. I think this is the money feud right now in the women's division. Both come off as totally badass. Charlotte just isn't fitting in for me right now to take on Ronda at Mania. I think this is the most intrigue. This is the most intrigue I may have ever had for a women's match. I've come out of their other matches really enjoying them, but I can't remember one coming close to have me this excited beforehand. Becky and Ronda have both looked strong, cut great promos, and I'd love to see it main event the show if they are going to give it to us. Uh, he also has the Johnny Mundo Survivor update. Are you ready? Yes, I am. John wasn't featured too much in this episode. His highlight moment came when he had a discussion with Christian about dancing, where John decided dancing as just a bunch of random movements and went on to do one of the worst moonwalks you will ever see. John's tribe went on to win immunity again, and at the halfway point of the season, the merge will be coming next week. Some of the girls have already started to plot against John's Prochacho uh, Alliance member Dan. I think John has put himself into a strong position in the game. He isn't playing sneaky. He isn't making big moves either, but he seems to be building relationships with people, which is a big motivating factor in how past juries have voted for the winner. His biggest issue now will be not coming off looking too strong in individual immunity challenges because it will make him an instant target whenever he does lose. The plot thickens for Johnny Mundo on Survivor. All right, well... You should be laying low, maybe. But it's tough. Okay, we got Alexander in Norway. I groaned in, at the feuding partners gimmick with Miz and Brian, but it wasn't too, too bad. I could take a little shake-up on the matchups, but the wrestling is good. I swear, watching this SmackDown in real time felt faster than fast-forwarding through yesterday's Raw. Is Cross just along for the UK tour? Also, seeing as there already is a Nikki Bella, should they rename her Gregory Cross to invoke <laughs> confusion? <laughs> That's funny. All right. Uh, our last piece of feedback is for the double shot. So we will read that uh, then, which is a great segue because that is up now at the Post Wrestling Cafe. You can go if you're a cafe member to check out the double shot. If you want to hear more of us for whatever reason, we are going to review Ultima Lucha Part 1. Way has also watched the latest Total Divas. And we'll also chat about being the elite on their cruise, on the Jericho cruise. Two episodes. We also have to Two. Talk, talk about their Halloween special. Oh, I'm looking forward to Way catching me up on the Halloween episode. I know we had mentioned that we were going to chat about some of the matches from the Jericho Cruise. Uh, I was assuming they were putting them up on Honor Club, which is what I believed was originally announced. But then I found out you have to upgrade your Honor Club to the VIP level. And I thought for this event alone, I was not going to do that. So I have not seen any of the Jericho Cruise matches, so we will not be talking about that on the show. But we have lots to discuss as well. Uh, in lieu of that, uh, I'm going to also just quickly run through some of the key matches on the Global Wars Tour this week, uh, which Ring of Honor is running, including uh, Sunday in Toronto, which is a show Way and I are going to be attending live. So that's all coming up on the Double Shot. We have our regular shows coming out uh, Thursday with Braden and Davey with Up Next and... We'll also have uh, Friday, Rewind Away, with a review of Payback 2013, uh, featuring CM Punk and Chris Jericho and a three stages of hell match between John Cena and Ryback. And then we have Eggshells on Saturday with Chris Charlton chatting 2009 with Joel Abraham from the Super J cast. And we'll also have for cafe members uh, that panel chat that I uh, was part of on Tuesday night. That will be up later this week on the cafe. Plus, Thursday, wait, do you want to let people know about our our show that we are launching? 
That's right. Yeah, as we mentioned yesterday, uh, for our double double tier people of uh, patrons of that tier and above, we are going to start doing live Google Hangouts. And the time we've determined best to do these for both our schedules and I think the schedules for other people involved will be Thursday at 3 p.m. Eastern. So uh, expect a, 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 an email from us with a link on where you can join us for those Google Hangouts. You can join us in the chat room. Uh, if, if nobody's there, John and I will just like be there kind of talking shooting the shit. And um, if there are any like I'm curious to test out kind of like some of the functionality of it and whether or not we might even be able to hook up like webcams to you guys as well if you guys want to join us. So uh, join us. It's going to be an experiment and I think it'll be a lot of fun. And if you can't join us, but you are a member of that double double tier, you'll get a link to it to watch it afterwards. Very cool. All right. Uh, thanks to everyone for checking out uh, a lot of our new stuff that we've been uh, putting up this week. Uh, again, you can go to store.postwrestling.com to check out all of our shirts and uh, leave us your feedback. We greatly appreciate it. That's it for us. We'll be back on the double shot and later this week. <laughs>